Hey everybody, welcome into episode Peyton Manning of the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, it is episode 18 and we have a playoff review to talk about and we do hold on i gotta pause for a second maybe i'm just maybe i'm just uh out of the loop here what what why did you reference peyton manning <laughs> he's number 18 it's episode 18 oh i see i see yes yeah. so this is going to be a thing we're going to have the peyton manning episode every year which will every be, year well, <laughs> who knows i guess i guess we'll just have to start timing again for season two uh, that's right that 18 will happen at some random point in the season yeah uh th- that's right so i haven't done that for anybody else but when you're a legend like peyton manning i guess you get your own episode <laughs> so this episode brought to you by that meme where peyton manning peyton manning looks really ugly and he's looking over his left shoulder yeah well and i'm a bit of a peyton manning hater Oh, for lots good. of reasons. Yeah, like I mean, I think he's pretty funny on the acting, but like, I think he has some 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 stuff with trainers and stuff in college. Yeah, he's got some yeah, skeletons so in his closet. Not about that, and so yeah. So we're not we're not going to actually name anything to do with Peyton Manning on this episode. We'll just call it the <laughs> we'll, we'll reference it as the Big Eighteen, and I'll just pick a different eighteen every year. <laughs> Nice. He's in. not allowed. He, he doesn't deserve his own episode. No. No. Um, well, great. Well, Spicer, <laughs> it is evening time. We are going to do some evening things tonight because it's not the morning. I'm fully awake and there's lots to talk about. Yes. Yes, indeed. After hours. Uh, after hours. Corporate Global After Hours. Well, let's uh, let's dig into the games. I... I wish we would have done an emergency recording the second that the Ravens-Browns game ended because I was just going insane. I had bet on the Ravens uh, minus three and a half, and if you didn't see it, there was a fumble or yeah, like a fumble to the end zone with no time left to give them the cover. One of the craziest beats I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, thrilling, amazing, absolutely incredible. I was on a very small bet on the Browns. But that's one of those things that you're just so happy. Like, I bet so little. This is why you bet so little. is so that when something really does, like, amazing like that happens, you don't have, you can just still enjoy it. There wasn't enough on the line for you to be right. upset about it. Yeah. And for me, I had just enough on it to be excited. Like, it was five bucks. Like, yeah, no big deal. Um, but yeah, it was like Marianne had already fallen asleep. I was trying not to wake her up with my excitement. So I like whipped out my phone and started typing in the gambling uh, Slack channel with all caps and why it was there with me. It was an amazing moment. Um, this was an awesome football game. I was very happy that I watched it. Yeah, very good game, which it was a game that I, I watched it more closely through the first half. And when it went 28-14, I was kind of like getting re- like started watching a show and was like, okay, I'm going to hang out with Kathleen now because, you know, whatever happens, happens. But... Uh, I caught it coming back on at, like, when the Ravens scored to make it 35. So I still caught some pretty good parts of it. Um, I didn't have quite the whole feel of, like, the roller coaster of it. So I didn't feel the big Browns comeback, the two-touchdown mm. comeback. So that's still an amazing game. Yeah, there was 35 points in the fourth quarter, set the NFL record for most rushing, rushing touchdowns in a game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, if you had him on your fantasy team, uh, great performance on the ground running the ball and I think this was 
um, a very bizarre AFC North game. Usually you think of these as like slug it out type bruisers. This was the opposite. Yeah. It was exciting. It still was a lot of rushing, so I guess you got that. But uh, <laughs> Brown's uh, still in the playoff race. And uh, yeah, uh, we could talk about that game a lot, but let's keep going. Uh, another pretty good game was the Bills uh, over the Steelers Sunday night. Yeah. That was a good game. Didn't catch much of that one, though. I, yeah, that was, you know, it was one of those, the Bills were in control for most of the game, uh, but it looked like Pittsburgh may have come back. I think the takeaway here, and we'll probably end up talking about this later on in the when we talk about our league, but just the inability to run the ball for Pittsburgh is starting to be a big concern going forward. Yeah, and I mean, I think we should, we should just talk about it some now, which is like, I don't it, it just doesn't make sense like it's <laughs> doesn't it doesn't make sense what they're doing yeah it's earlier in the year they ran the ball pretty mm-hmm. well it's weird so I don't know I you know it sucks for James Conner um obviously hurt you in your matchup and yeah um don't know what to say there it, it was kind of odd that you know, we mentioned it a few weeks back. You said something about, you know, Roethlisberger was like throwing the ball when they were destroying. I think it was the Jags maybe uh, or something like that a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it, it, it seems like they're aware of the problem. But again, once it gets colder in, in these playoff games and they, they're going to need to figure something out there. Yeah. It's going to take just a, a 10 mile an hour gust to cause some real problems for that offense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, we had... Washington football team with a great win over the 49ers as their defense just went bananas. Yep. Yep. They were pretty uh, ineffective actually playing football on offense. Very, However, very much so. Sometimes you just, it just goes your <laughs> way, you know? Um, yeah. Chase Young is like a super big difference maker. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he'll ever reach like, Aaron Donald level because he's like you know debatably the best player in football but the impact that he has on the game is like when when dumb people that don't actually know things about football like me can notice how good he is that means he's really good yeah when whenever there's a, a when there truly is a defensive player who like you 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 hear their name called enough or you see their number you're like oh this person is like in there all the time um it means that they're very good. Like if someone catches your attention on defense, it probably takes, I was thinking about this earlier, like how many DK Metcalfs on their own defense in the NFL, like five at least like that <laughs> yeah. DK Metcalf normally plays defense in the NFL. So that's like, true. Like I'm sure there are people out here like, Oh, just because he catches the football sometimes for his team when he does, he runs forever, but I could do that. I've, I've often thought, wondered that. Yeah, I think probably some of the freakiest athletes in sports are like D linemen oh, or like yeah. outside linebackers. Like, oh I mean, gosh. like Clowny, right? Like Clowny, like just scary dudes. Yeah, think about like JJ Watt, like some yeah, Clay Matthews. If if y'all, I don't know if y'all were watching football during Pete Clay Matthews being on every advertisement, but <laughs> yes, that was serious. That was seriously good. Good times. Some good head and shoulders ads for that hair. Oh yeah, Troy Palomalu too on the hair ads. Oh yeah. Goat. Guys, we had some good hair in the NFL back then. Goat hair. <laughs> uh, uh, 
let's talk about the game. Now, a, a, a classic double uh there as we figure out what we're <laughs> going to do next on this nighttime podcast. That's right. Um, it's very clearly the exciting matchup between Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill. Yes. What a, like, it, it ended up being like a pretty good game. Like, they, the Saints come back and make it close. It's those are two very strange teams. I am sure that a lot of people all around the country are just like scratching their heads about like what to make of both of those teams moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because like the Saints and Eagles are both teams that like either have clinched the playoff or like the Eagles in their NFC division like can easily make the playoffs. Yeah. And you're just like everything depends on what this team looks like in the next like 3 weeks because it almost feels like a like whole different teams. It's almost like they started the season over with their quarterback changes. Yeah, definitely. And I guess I mean that's got to be a mental thing. Like I'm sure it is real in the locker room like when you get a new quarterback that's, you know, a big big change especially for the guys on offense um but here's my take and just let me know if you think this is accurate i think jalen hurts oh you could go one or two ways of the phrasing jalen hurts is like what Taysom hill is but actually good okay or the other way of phrasing it is like Taysom hill is a very bad version of of jalen hurts so here's what I think, which is that Jalen Hurt. So here, here's this is the kind of quarterback that I see like progressing, mm-hmm. and which is like the pinnacle. Where it's, I'm going to tell you where it's going to end up. It's going to end up at Ryan Tannehill as like your highest peak of this type of quarterback that you can have. Which like so then Taysom Hill would be the middle one. Like he's older, and so I think Taysom Hill still even with his like not amazing passing passes the ball wet better right now than Jalen hurts, but hurts is younger and his athletic ability is just so much higher than Taysom Hills. Like, like in Taysom Hills, like athletic, but not like Jalen hurts. Like he's, he's another one of those Kyler Murray kind of glide across the top people to watch move around to me. And so like what I think is like if Jalen hurts barring any injuries, like he'll go through the progressions of being like, like as he gets older, his game will change. If he adapts, that's sort of like the style he'll be at least for hmm. me. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, even Russell Wilson has like, yeah, he's, had in, he's to in that category adjust. too. I was, Russell Wilson was like the, uh, the other one I was going to say pinnacle, but he's still too, way more athletic than Ryan Tannehill. So maybe Jalen hurts. I think more of like Russell Wilson, yeah, cool. Because I think Russ, or yeah, Russell Wilson is way more athletic than Tannehill, but he's also just if he never ever ever ran the ball or whatever, he's still like also a better passer. So he's kind of like unfair to like he's right. he's the standard <laughs> like or it's like an unfair standard if we were to compare people to him. So I think Tannehill, you know, a good comparison there because you like if you think of a guy like Josh Allen, like mm-hmm. super athletic and can use his legs, but like he is not the passer. And he actually has been we didn't talk about the Bills much when we just talked about that game, but like he played really well at the beginning and it started to kind of play well again thanks to Stefan Diggs. So maybe he can he's young enough that he can go into a better passer too. Yeah, and I think too, they're gonna be buying up you're gonna see an offensive line swarm to the Eagles. Like if if they think Jalen Hurts can do it, if he can have <laughs> more time than what he's getting now that's true it's only gonna help him yeah he was having to run all over the place um just to like stay alive in that game and the saints are a good defense too so i mean that's part of it but 
as we've seen the rest of the season, the Eagles clearly couldn't protect Carson Wentz and let the offense do its thing. So it, it was a fun a fun thing to watch um, and just kind of because I like usually like the aside from Taysom Hill, the first time like a quarterback starts a game is just exciting to me because it's always like what if he's you know one of the next talking pieces. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we'll talk about this more on my team, so I'll leave more Jalen yeah. Hurts for then. But I do want to make a point about the Eagles have this very weird offense. So I'm looking at all of their, like, rushes and receiving. So, like, every play. And the average yard per play, they only had, like... So of the averages, there were only three averages that were lower than five yards a play. So it was like two catches by Zach Ertz for four, and then one catch by Quez Watkins for three yards, and then Boston Scott had three rushing attempts that were only for six yards. But every other like rushing attempt or rece- or reception they had on average was bigger than five yards. And so this is like a classic, like when when people talk about having someone who can move the chains, like the Eagles don't have that person back yet, and maybe Ertz becomes it now that he and Jalen Hurts will have some time to practice together, but they need that. I think desperately, like they have all the big playability, but yeah, they need a way to actually like move, move the ball consistently. And I like, uh, Jalen, I think it's Jalen Rager, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't his name also Jalen? Uh, he made one or two plays in this game that I, I think like, I mean, he's super athletic. Uh, and so if they can develop a rapport together, that'd be really good. For sure. Um, let's see. We also, okay. So we don't really have to talk about this game because both these teams are like out of contention and nothing really exciting happened. But I, I, I mean, I don't post on Twitter a ton and I've never once posted anything that more than four people cared about, but I kind of wish I would have tweeted this because I had this thought while this game was on TV and then I saw a bunch of people like make this meme and talk about it. But when I was watching the Falcons Chargers game, I was just like, "Oh, this is just that Spider-Man meme, like as a game." Oh yeah, no like, doubt. Their seasons, the like way they've lost games, like everything about these two teams is identical this year. Yeah, except one of the quarterbacks is old and one of them's new. So right. one, one's at the bottom and one's like hanging off the cliff, falling down, and they and they have forty-five-year-old Matt Ryan <laughs> to latch on to. Yes. Uh, yeah, I hate Matt Ryan right now. He's been playing very poorly for my team. Um, but yeah, no, nothing really noteworthy there aside from I wish I had tweeted that. Yeah. Um, Packers beat the Lions. Yeah, anything. Game was uh, close. Kind of weird that it was so close, but... Uh-uh. Yeah, those divisional games, I just kind of write those off as they're going to be close. Yeah. Was bummed about Aaron Jones in that game. We'll get to that later. Yeah. And I have a word about a Lions player too, but again, we'll save that for our stuff. Um, Seahawks blowout. Yeah, the Jets are so <laughs> bad. It's un- guys, it's 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 unbelievable how bad the Jets are. That That's Frank like a- Gore is like their most athletic player right now, and it really <laughs> feels like that is piss poor. Yeah, it was bad. The fact that the Jets were up three zero is really funny. Like that would have been a great. If you're like a little Jets fan, you like take a picture of it on the screen while it's three zero. You're like, oh look! And then final score forty to three. Yeah. Oh man, that's rough. Um, let's talk about the Vikings Bucks game. I watched the majority of this game. Did you tune into this one? Mm-hmm. I was I was keeping up with it. Yeah, one of the uh, worst examples of 
a game this year, except for, I guess, like, I know they never lost any of those, but maybe one of the best examples of the year of a, a straight up a kicker, like just losing a game for a team that yeah. was playing very well. Yeah, that dude blew my what I thought was easy money this week on, yeah. on the Vikings at, at six and a half. I yeah. was like, this is an absolute take it to the bank bet. I thought so too. <laughs> and so, and man, thanks, Dan Bailey. Man, go back to Dallas, bro. Uh, Four missed kicks. Yikes. Yeah, 10 tough. points left but, on the board. You know, at the end of the day, a lot, the, one of the sad things were a lot of those kicks were pretty close. And I think to myself, dude, the Vikings got to convert it when they get down inside there. Like, yeah. They, they got to, they got to figure out a way. This is like, of course, you got to talk about the kicker, but they got to be able to, to, help them out they gotta score a touchdown at some point there yeah i mean the bucks defense has been pretty good so i it think has been. like getting them there at least in field goal range every time is was not nothing uh but yeah you're right that you can't and i feel like the vikings are cursed with their kickers like it i remember you remember judson mclaren mm, no maybe you don't know him i don't know he was friends with bredo he's like the one real oh, yeah, life yeah. vikings fan that i knew oh ever. yes yeah i don't I, you said his last name i don't know that person's last name <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes judson was the one real life vikings fan i ever knew and all he would talk about was like their kickers and like i guess they had some terrible missed kick in the playoffs like in the oh, maybe yeah. in the 90s or early 2000s and then they had another one like three or four years ago too um so Maybe yeah. there's just a curse there. Yeah, I only know about that because of how I met your mother. It's like a recurring plot line about the Vikings' uh, bad kickers. Yeah. Um, also, just J- that Judson is the only Judson I know or have ever met in my life. So, huh? I know two, but yes, he is the most important one. Don't let the other can. Judson hit hear this podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> Whatever you. Do. I mean. It, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. You know, Zach in my other league, it's his brother. So I guess. If we ever do an, an episode for them, I don't know who's to say. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. sorry, listeners. We came right <laughs> way off track. Back yeah. on it, though. This, I, have, I have to make a comment. This, this goes with the Jersey Commissioner. This one's for, mm. for Jersey Commissioner Jake, if you're listening. But that Chiefs-Dolphins matchup, whoo, that was spicy. I mm. like that game. Yeah, that was a good one. Also, amazing game. Loved watching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, in like three years, that's like a primetime game like two like of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, that'd be cool. But again, I'm a obviously a, like a Tua I don't want to say that word, but I'm I, I like Tua a lot. I'm a simp for Tua. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, the Cardinals I, I really thought the Giants were gonna win that game and the Cardinals just like manhandled them. Yeah, they did. I think and, Daniel Jones like got rushed back. Yeah, it's this game was like I think the Cardinals just did exactly what they wanted. Yeah, and the Giants' yeah. defense couldn't couldn't stop them. So. I was about ready to write the Cardinals off too, and, and they did that. So maybe they the, I could see them being a frisky playoff matchup at least in the first round. But I also could see them get losing by like twenty to you know whoever they play first round. So we'll see. Very volatile. Um, uh, not many games left here besides the AFC South. The Cowboys, Bengals, nobody cares about that. Um, Rams, Patriots, and, Rams showing that the Patriots are bad. Yeah, I was grateful for that because yeah. that was the, the yeah. We yeah. talked about the win for the Patriots over the Chargers and how ridiculous that was. So 
good to see the Rams doing good. Oh, speaking of Rams, the the Kentucky Wildcats just hired the Rams quarterbacks coach as their new offensive coordinator to try and liven up the offense. So I'm pretty happy about that. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's. I mean, that's pretty much all the games. I think yeah, that's everything until the AFC South. Yeah, so we'll save that for last. Uh, some good stuff to talk about there. Um, but let's get into the playoff review. Uh, we'll recap this week, and then we're going to preview my team and Katie's team this week before, or I guess as we preview those matchups, uh, and then we'll go from there. So um, do you want to rip the Band-Aid off? Oh, sure, yes. Uh, we'll talk about your game first. Indeed. So my game was first against Marley Magic, and you know what they say, the only thing tougher than beating the team twice in the season yeah it's beating them three times. times yeah can't do it can't do it it's the rules of sports um so i am out but uh, i do want to make a little farewell speech okay <laughs> so uh just just this <laughs> just uh laying down i feel very good about my team still um going into next year I having Jalen Hurts get to just because now I don't even have to be concerned about going ahead and moving him out of the taxi squad spot. He can just hang out. So yeah, that's true. Um, you know he's gonna he's gonna take a year to rest. We'll let Taysom Hill and Kirk Cousins finish out the year probably, and uh, have a big big waiver wire move, bringing in someone for the off season. So I felt like the Bruce Matthews didn't have uh, quite enough quite enough heft. So I'm hoping I'm going to say this out loud because I'm guessing Hunter's <laughs> not going to take this player, but uh, <laughs> the Bruce Matthews will be picking up off waivers this week. Um, a Mr. Patrick Ricard from the Baltimore mm. Ravens. Um, you might <laughs> Just know for him. morale. He's he's a big heavy guy, 310 pounds. He's exactly what the Bruce Matthews oh need gosh. in the locker room as a presence. Do you know about this man, Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he, he's like a lineman and like fullback type player. He's pretty fast. He's pretty athletic. Yeah. I'm shocked when I watch him move. But he is he's a the hero. number five fantasy fullback on the season. Not bad, not bad. But he's he's coming <laughs> in, in the off season to help get, help Justin Jefferson hit the weight room. That little string bean uh, help protect some some other players. You know be a nice big cuddly bear if he needs to be but that 310 pound man is coming to the bruise matthews i'll be the first team to have a defensive player because he's also listed as a defensive lineman yeah um so that's also fun um yeah yeah i think that's a great move for you i i won't poach him i'll let you have him thank you thank you thank you (laughs) i even put some money on him just in case someone tried to get frisky so (laughs) Um, amazing yeah. yeah the uh in my Madden Dynasty, Patrick Ricard is my fullback, and I'll have you know that in this fantasy place, Jonathan Taylor it has the most career touchdowns of any <laughs> running back, and it's all because of him. So Now we know how Hunter makes trades. It's how, how they play out in his Madden season. He just picks different teams and yeah. then like, hits the simu- like simulate season, and all he has to, then he can just see how they go. Just gather data. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my yeah, I won't, we don't have to talk about that. Uh, well, I, I, one thing I want to do after the season's officially over and we've crowned our champion is, I think we should be able to pull this off. I would think pretty easily is I'd like to do like a state of the 
program on every single team in the off season, maybe, and like have them on the show. I think that'd be fun. Oh yeah. Uh, so we can do that with each other at some point too, like maybe in one episode, since people hear us talk enough about ourselves. But um, so I'll be curious to hear more about your your team in the off season, where you think everything stands. Yeah, you know, maybe you'll get to talk to Patrick Ricard. So yeah, we should do how to get him on the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, but overall, this week was like. Man, it was just play, some players had fine weeks, just minus touchdowns, right? Like, yeah, that that was that's it. crazy. That's what that was gonna be my talking point for you. Yeah, it was just no touchdowns. Everyone yeah. did fine except that. And of yep. course, my boy, my sweet handsome prince, Stefan Diggs. I love man, this man. I am, he showed out. I am so happy. But he was he again. He but what's so funny is he's been the one not scoring touchdowns and just doing his chug along thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny that he had the blowout week when everyone else struggled. And James Conner, the whole Steelers offense being a mess. 10 carries for 18 yards. It's not good. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you also had some injuries. Uh, obviously, no Antonio Gibson hurts. Hollywood Brown being inconsistent, not being able to start hurts. So... I think Bruce Matthews will come back strong. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for for Marley Magic. I'll, and also, so this was bittersweet for me too, even as your co-host, because like I, I, I think it's best for the brand if it would have been the two of us in the championship. It would have been great. Um, but I, I like to root for Marley too. Yeah, but this isn't the WWF. We don't get to write. We don't get to write the ending. We just got to <laughs> roll with the punches here. That's we're right. Just commentator. That's why we're not story writers. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, well, we'll talk about Marley here in a second as we preview his matchup with Katie. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the God Kings and the Winter Faces. Um, very large margin of victory here for the God Kings. Kind of had all of his players hit, uh, except actually his his flex didn't get much from them. Uh, but everyone else performed very well, while the Winter Faces, kind of similar to you, just no touchdowns, had Debo leave with an injury, uh, just some misfortune yeah some misfortune and especially because the guys who had misfortune this week for him had been like pretty consistent guys like like terry mclaurin having a down week which you know it happens chris godwin having like a really down week for what i think we would have thought debo getting hurt like the chris godwin and terry mclaurin are like 14 points every week it feels like you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah, that, that football team offense just – and against the tough 49ers defense, you know. Yeah, the, the quarterback stat lines in that game were hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, James Robinson is another one who's like – 12 points is still like pretty good, but he's just as likely to get you 14 or more points. And so just caught him on yeah, a I think- down one. The Ravens scoring 47 points and Mark Andrews only having 15 fantasy points is kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, it is, except, you know, I think we all kind of know what the Ravens are at this point. They run the ball. Yeah, they do. A lot. And they ran it a whole lot, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, tough outing for the preseason number one pick from both of us. We, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we missed on this one, but again, there's obviously elements of luck here and I think he had a lot of bad injuries throughout the season and just kind of weird scenarios on his team. We talked about that uh, maybe last week, but uh, looks like he's 
you know, the one hole, I, I harped on this all preseason for him and his team's success was running back, and he got James Robinson for for free uh, for 29 fa- fab bucks. So yeah. I think that'll be his solution in 2021. Agreed. All right. Well, let's get into the uh, preview here. Uh, we'll start at the top again. So I'll let you kind of do what we did last week for my team, and then we'll talk about my matchup with Brady. All right. Here we go. So, for the Gotham Knights, your starting quarterbacks are Russell Wilson (laughs) and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Next, we have at running back, Dalvin Cook and hopefully Josh Jacobs. Mm Mm-hmm. At wide receiver, Michael Thomas, reinvigorated by Taysom Hill coming in there. No bad blood between those boys. Julio Jones, hoping for a return to the lineup. Uh, the surprising rookie, rookie Deontay Johnson? Sophomore. Ooh, sophomore. Having a nice breakout year. Getting the, uh, the starting wide receiver spot there. Logan Thomas with his... Resurgence as seemingly the only thing other than Terry McLaurin to be able to catch the football without Antonio Gibson <laughs> in for the football team. Yeah. Um, coming in at the tight end slot, then we're going to have Kenny Galladay against a porous Titans defense. And Jonathan Taylor, who seems the, the coaching staff is starting to trust again. And then in case of yeah. emergencies, we're going to have Daniel Jones. Um Naeem Hines as an interesting play, depending on how things go. He's he's a tough he's a tough one to play around with right now. He's he's dangerous. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, tough. He's been he's been struggling as of late. Be interesting to see what happens though. Get starting to get cold and windy in Arrowhead. We have uh, Jarvis Landry as a nice pick, potentially, and if maybe Mike Williams comes back, and then. <laughs> Noah Fant just being as volatile as ever in the Denver Broncos, who you have no clue is going to happen. Yeah, um, and that's that's really where we are. Trey Burton yeah. as a, maybe a, a a dart throw. Yeah, breaking case of emergency with that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if I can get Julio and Galladay back this week, I'd be very happy because um, my team is mostly healthy. Uh, all th- well, Mike Williams and Cooks are out, but that doesn't really matter unless the starters are out, and then <laughs> it matters a lot. So um, I would like for Brandon Cooks to come back because he's the only option there really now. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with where my team is. It's going to feel really bizarre, I think, uh, unless, like I said, one of those guys gets hurt. I'm probably going to have Edwards Lair on the bench uh, in the playoffs. Never would have really guessed that at the start of the season, but... Uh, just can't really figure out the usage with with Bell and uh they play really good defense against the Saints coming up so we'll see uh week 16 they play the Falcons so it'd be hard to bench them there um so yeah that's where I'm at um and this week I play the God Kings and I am pretty scared uh Brady's team has all season put up weeks where he just scores a ton of points uh we I believe, yeah, we split our regular season matchup against each other. I won the first game, he won the second. But that Rodgers-Adams stack is just lethal right now. 
Indeed. It is. He scored a touchdown in eight straight games. Yeah, it is lethal. And not only that, but if he makes it to that final week against you, he's going to be having both those boys up against that porous Tennessee Titans defense. Well, that's impossible because we could not play each other two weeks in a row. Oh, are you playing him the next time? I thought he was playing the Matriarchs. No, I'm I'm playing the God Kings. Oh, okay. This week. Well, yeah. Well, you go then. <laughs> watch out! You do not want Brady to win because I I think that when that team plays against the Titans, that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I'm picking for plus three hundred yards, plus a hundred yards receiving. Uh, plus a touchdown, plus three touchdowns for Rodgers. It's going to be <laughs> absolute bloodbath unless Adoree Jackson is back by then. It's going to be gnarly if he makes it a championship. Yeah. He said it, not me, folks, but you know that I agree. Uh, so <laughs> I'll be glad to miss that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling through Adams' game log, and it's just a terrifying thing to look at. 24, 34, 18, 23, 18, 33, 30, 44. I don't want to play this guy. So wait, um, you're telling me his lowest score this year is 18? Uh, he had one game where he got hurt and he scored six points. Oh, okay. But the week before that, he had 41. So hmm. two 40-point games. Uh, many 30-point games. I am scared. So uh, oh. meme where the kid is in the, on the bus with the Simpsons and he says, I'm in danger. That's me. Yeah. Uh, also, this is a perfect example of bias because of how much we love DK Metcalf and how much how little we talk about Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams on this show. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Adams has been a freak this unreal. year. Yeah. It's, it's stupid how little we've talked about them. Yeah, and I would say Adams even more so than um, than Tyreek Hill. Like, we'll talk about him because he makes crazy plays that you have to mention. But we really, I don't know if I've ever said the words Devontae Adams on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, which is so silly. He's the wide receiver two on the season. Yeah, and he missed a game and a half. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah, two and a half. Golly, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. like Christian McCaffrey still being like a top forty running back playing three games. It's the stupidest right. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, fantasy points per game. Uh, would love to see those numbers for him. So yeah, that this matchup is going to be tough. Um, definitely. I mean, I I'm going to feel optimistic about it still because uh, I think Melvin Gordon. Uh, or yeah, Melvin Gordon. I'm not expecting to like have a huge game uh, against Buffalo. I think that'll be a tough matchup. And then Miles Sanders against uh, Arizona. I don't know. Like he played well this week, but we just have no clue what that offense will will look like with Jalen Hurts consistently yet. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I I kind of think it could be exciting if the game is close and it's Deontay Johnson versus. Claypool on Monday night for the for the final spot and I, I will say real quick since we're not doing Hunter's Hunches this week I think it's very funny that I talked about Deontay Johnson and then he dropped three freaking passes and now <laughs> is tied for most drops on the season so that's that's good timing for me yeah that's okay still like him yeah I mean um you know it happened Eric Ebron drops about half the balls uh, thrown at him at least, yes. But thankfully, he gets I, thrown about ten passes a game because Ben Roethlisberger just throws the ball every play. He like has he about. had a terrible drop in that game. That um, end zone drop. Yes, that was bad. Oh, it was awful. Um, yeah. So I will preview the matriarchs real quick as we look at her matchup with Marley Magic coming up here. Oh, I have to like click some extra buttons to get to her team. Okay, so she's got Big Ben, aforementioned, at, starting at quarterback with the young man Justin Herbert. 
over Derek Carr, probably. In the running back spot, she's got the second or third best running back in the league right now, fantasy-wise, Derek Henry. And then former on-notice champion Kenyon Drake. Uh, her wideout's pretty solid. She's got my favorite receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. She's got Robert Woods and Allen Robinson, who has been doing very well with his bad quarterbacks. Uh, Darren Waller, who we all know is capable of putting up insane numbers, one of the best tight ends in the league right now. And then she's got the other uh, th- part of the three-headed monster receiver for Pittsburgh, the young Juju. And we're not sure who that flex spot's going to be. She had Miles Gaskin in there, but unfortunately he was hurt. So I'm going to assume it's probably going to be Zeke. Uh, but there's a possibility she benches him for Mike Davis, who's been performing really well. Uh, and, and Mike Davis plays the worst rushing defense, the, the Packers, this week. So tough decisions there. Can't imagine. Can you imagine Zeke being benched in the playoffs? Oh, yes. I'd put Zeke on the bench for Mike Davis right now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's that's just me, I but I'm kind of a, like, I want Zeke to do well, but that offense is just too volatile. Yeah. And, like... They were playing the Bengals and he scored seven points. Yeah, also their, their, like, defense is so bad that, like, teams can just, like, drive the ball for minutes. Like... The Cowboys are almost always playing from behind, like they, they, they like Zeke is good for when you're ahead. They're never ahead. Yeah, even I when mean they, they were ahead. They were ahead this weekend. Bad. It didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. What I was gonna say, uh, how bizarre too that uh, Mark Ingram is just like literally left out of the Ravens' plans. Like he didn't touch the ball. He's old. He's thirty years old. Yeah crazy I, th- I thought he had sneaky value like one last year while dobbins got up to speed and that's just dobbins up to speed bro yeah he's up to Bobby speed dobbins. he's up <laughs> yeah. to speed um, so i think with katie's team here one last thing i think this is just really funny because it's been pointed out multiple times and she still doesn't like do anything with it so i want to hear her thoughts she's just been sitting on like three to four bench spots all year almost all year and i guess like none of the scrubs on the waiver wire are worth the the jersey for the matriarchs they're just not worth the lottery ticket she doesn't care dude she's ruthless i will say like at this point in the season though like if you've made it this long and you know you're gonna have to be dropping people if because i think she's keeping most of her taxi squad yeah see my thing with with her is she's got and and this podcast won't be out before the wave wire so i can say this because if i was her what i'd be doing is I would be spending one hundred and twelve dollars on Chase Chase bleh, Chase Daniel because it looks like Matt Stafford's not going to be able to play. Which Nidio, uh, you can play Tua. That's fine, uh, and I probably would. So, but you still like you just. What if something happened? You know, what if Tua or Baker got COVID last minute or something? Don't want to leave yourself in that position. Um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, I guess we we should. Do you want to talk a little bit about? the guy that just beat you and his chances at beating Katie. Oh yeah. Marley magic coming in with, he already has moved Tua up and Baker Mayfield, both with very tough matchups this week. Um, against a tough new England and giants defense. New England is, you know, I, I think both of those are kind of, uh, iffy i i I think they'll be fine yeah um 
Ch- uh, we got Nick Chubby Chubb. Beast. Yep. JD McKissick, who if I think Antonio Gibson will not be playing again. So mm. uh Marley has really if you want to talk about the magic he's pulled, it's been at that running back slot. He's yeah. had some stupid <laughs> some stupid good stuff happen for him there. Yeah. Um we have Tyler Lockett who man, been struggling recently, but you know, it's tough to ever sit him, right? Like Yeah, he can go still, off for fifty. Yeah, and he still does his thing. AJ Brown who <laughs> that boy oh man oh it's hot in here <laughs> and we have uh mike evans who you know he's another one like tyler lockett like can't bench the cheat code of this league travis kelsey absolute cheat code yeah um then- yeah you here you want a uh an insane travis kelsey stat for fantasy yes. yeah you didn't you didn't say yes but you're gonna get it um let's see if i can find it uh so i, I was looking at brady he has robert tanyan and i was like man he's had a pretty good like season so far right as a tight end tight end number four on the year pretty good this was this was going into this this week actually so discount this this week's games uh, so at tight end four, Tanyan had 159 fantasy points. Kelsey is tight end one, and he has 130 more points than Tanyan does. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Travis Kelsey is truly unbelievable in yeah. this league. Because oh, even in standard leagues, um, he the, it's like the the tiers of tight ends are him. And then there's a drop off to Darren Waller, and then it's like everyone else. Yeah, Kittle would be up there mm-hmm. if he was healthy. But yeah, yeah, and so like, it doesn't surprise me that he's essentially worth the value of two t- two times a Robert Tanyan. Yeah, and I think you know he was taken seventh overall in the startup, and like maybe some people like raised some eyebrows, but the wins above replacement for Travis Kelsey, I don't. I don't even want to know. It's it's very high. Uh, so I think you're starting to see that pick be justified. I'd be curious to see if we ever, if we like redrafted or did a fake redraft of that first round uh, where he'd go, knowing this was the season he was going to have because it was monstrous. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll see what happens here. I think uh, it'll be a good matchup either way. And I think uh, it'll be tough to stop Derrick Henry from. Uh, kind of dragging Katie into the championship. So we'll see. Um, well, that's kind of our preview of the playoffs. Uh, we had the the toilet bowl move on a little bit. Uh, it's going to be Colton versus Rob for seventh place. And then Noah and Aaron battling out for last place. So uh, matched the standings there. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Spicer, but you have no words to give out this week. Uh, well, that's correct, except I do need to bring you back because I, I do need to update our situation where we left off on last episode. Okay, with, I was going to ask if we were going to do a check-in on the, the notice oh, folks. Yes. Oh, yes. There's so, one player in particular we got to talk about. Yes, so the only players I'm talking about are Devin Singletary and T.Y. Hilton. And though yeah. Devin Singletary struggles, 
sweat just pouring as he tries to pull T.Y. up. T.Y. manages, you see these like magical cleats appear on his feet as he digs into the side and he just powers up and out of the abyss. And as he does, he sees Ezekiel Elliott run underneath him. As he flies up in the air, Zeke falls down as Devin Singletary says, no, it's not worth it. But it's too late for Zeke as he goes, it was all because of Dak. And he falls into the abyss where he'll go. But T.Y. Hilton, as he lands back down, goes, man, that was cold down there until Philip Rivers started throwing me the football. <laughs> so... Did Devin Singletary fall into the shadow realm too, or just Zeke? No, because remember they were a package deal. T.Y. Hilton, if he had a big enough week, oh, he pulled him out. out. <laughs> That's so right. I he forgot could, you he said that. He was able to get out by himself. Devin Singletary oh, yeah. didn't have to do anything. That's right. That's why. Okay, I see now. That's why he was yelling at Zeke as Zeke was passing him. Okay, I get it. Wow, beautiful yeah. picture. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the narrative that could be told here of of the God Kings reaching down a hand from the heavens mm. and, and letting their fingertips cross into the, the pit uh, for TY to grab on and to drag him into the heavens has been truly incredible. Truly incredible. Just amazing storytelling. Uh, we couldn't have written it better ourselves. And especially if TY Hilton gets played this week and beats me, uh, to send him to the championship. I, I don't know what oh I'll do. Oh my gosh. If T.Y. Hilton gets played in the flex and goes off for 22 points, my goodness. Yeah. It would be great. Um, well, good. I'm glad we got to check in on that. Uh, Zeke very well might end the season there uh, all by himself. That would be very lonely and sad. Um, well, let's. we have one award to give out this week, and it is one I'm going to do. Um, and it just went, I need to build it up some because it's it's been long overdue. Uh, may even been danced around a few times, uh, avoided at all cost. Been some big sighs let out uh, when other players got this award, you know, in like a Sunday night game or something. Uh, I think uh, Brady's got to play some type of regal music here because this week's corporate global workman of the week is the king himself, Derrick Henry. Even without having to carry the team. Yeah. Yeah. He he played for a team that was on bye. Uh, and it didn't matter because the dude just destroyed the Jaguars, as he should have. But uh, another 200-yard rushing game, uh, two touchdowns. And really, like, you know, he had that 147-yard run. And then I think he had, like, a 30-yard touchdown. But still, like, he was getting big runs the whole time. This wasn't, a t- like, this was one of his, like, classic December games. This was not a 20 rushes for one yard, 190-yard touchdown game. Indeed. He he destroyed. He destroyed. And, uh, you know, like, he, it just goes to show, like, the kind of personality he is. Even on the bye week, he's in the gym. He's hitting it hard, you know? Making that's right. Sure he didn't have to. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have to. No, no team requirements. There, there was no check-in, no clipboard, but he did it anyway. Yeah, I think the the matriarchs GM should be extremely happy with that performance. And uh, if you're gonna stop literal magic, you need a, a king like Derrick Henry to to do that. So there you go. I've done it. 
you didn't think I had it in me, but I <laughs> I gave an award to Derek Henry. <laughs> oh, he needed it. Yeah, he deserved it. He's a he's a hoss. He is. Um, and we'll talk about him uh, at the end of the these four games here as we talk about the AFC South. But uh, let's talk real quick about Jags. We had a mustache back. Minshew got put in. Offense looked a little better. Not much else there. Yeah, the Jags are absolutely terrible. I cannot believe that they even had as close of games as they had with some other teams. Yeah. It's, yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, they're so bad. Very good point. Yeah. Um, the Texans played the Bears, and I am glad to talk about this for a second because uh, I had to call out Rob and, and Noah for being tardy on listening to the podcast because they were a little bit confused about my David Montgomery takes. But, I mean, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. The ADR touchdown really helped my case because you guys know how, how I like to talk about how, yes, like those plays are great and they're great for fantasy, but if you take take them away and the player is useless, then they're not good. And the fact that this that the Bears were blowing out the Texans and they weren't giving the ball to Montgomery, like that is a clear sign that something is wrong. Yeah, that is true. He Mitch Trubisky was getting the getting to pl- pass the ball instead of rushing. Yeah, that is pretty strange. That is pretty strange. A wide receiver had six rushing attempts to try to spell David Montgomery. So, just saying. Uh, snake oil. But yeah, Texans, I don't really have any want to waste any energy on them, especially with Brandon Cooks not being in. Just ugly. Ugly, ugly. Yeah, not good. Uh, did you watch any of the Colts Raiders? No, I didn't actually catch much of it. Uh, not not anything too exciting. It was kind of like out of reach really from like the second quarter probably. The Colts got up big. Um, and I'm just happy, you know, I've, I've I definitely can't say like oh like this proves Jonathan Taylor is amazing because their defense is bad uh, but like I said in Slack I'm just glad that he proved that he can take advantage of a bad defense right because that's something that we take for granted with with people but he was not at that level yet to where I just knew okay it doesn't matter if the team's bad or whatever um, so that was very good for me to see very happy that that Hilton and Rivers are clicking it looks like the Colts are kind of doing what I want them to do at the right time of the season. Yeah. And also like, so going back to David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor had tw- 20 carries in a game where he's supposed to have 20 carries. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. That's a very good point. Yeah. And Taylor had a, a big run too. <clears throat> he had a 62 yard touchdown, but on his other 19 carries, he still had um, like 90 something yards. So yeah. And now we'll say he he does get m- more touches stolen away than Montgomery, but the fact that there's a wide receiver stealing touches is scary. Yeah, right, like Naheem Hines is extremely talented uh, and a running back. Um, Cordero Patterson, Patterson, yeah, he's he's like talented, of course, but he's also a wide receiver. So, yeah, thank you for giving me an assist there. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I don't have much else to say about the Colts. You know how I feel about them. And really, I mean, we can talk about the Titans for sure because I, I, I want to say some things about Derrick Henry, but uh, I'm not sure we learned anything from this game. What do you think? No, the for me, my big thing is like, what the heck is going on with their whole tight end situation? That's, yeah. It's like with between Janu, Ferkser, and Swain, the, they're rotating them in in bizarre ways. Like Janu Smith was in for like 64% of snaps, which is pretty good like for any tight end. 
64. I mean, which has been normal for him. And he got two catches, both like for 10 yards each. And then he had a rush. So they're trying to get him involved in creative ways. Like they had him back there in the backfield on that fourth down and let him sort of like run wide. But they're not like utilizing him in the offense. And I don't know if that's because he gets heavy heavier coverage over the top of him now by the linebackers. Mm. So other people like Ferkser and those other guys are having the slower linebacker cover them uh, or what, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. If you look at his game log from earlier in the season, he was putting up big numbers and making some good plays. And then it seems like ever since he like got that random rushing touchdown, like against the Colts, like he kind of just hasn't really done anything. Yeah. So. And he was injured one week, so he's so. Yeah, I've also that's like, fair. But the the thing that got me was that they had a run play designed for him. It's like if he's injured, <laughs> yeah. there, why would you do that on fourth down? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that is odd. Uh, this was an example of a game where like Corey Davis just not needed at all after like having that amazing game where he dominated last week. Yeah, I think that's just going to be the story with him. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, AJ Brown. Yeah. God. God. So good. Beautiful. 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 Yep. He is amazing. Um, so I think I I just want to keep saying this, and so that it'll get in the heads of our listeners, because I said it two weeks ago and I said it last week. But this is the time of year that the Titans will be good because of the things that Derrick Henry can do, um, and the weather and the the beating people up and all that good stuff. Like it. It is much more effective now than it is in September. But also, I want to uh, to combine some David Montgomery takes with some Derrick Henry projections or uh, hunches, even, if you will. Uh, so the last two weeks, the Bears have played the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans. And do you know the next two opponents of the Titans? Do I know the next two opponents of the Titans? Mm-hmm. So, the is it's it the not Texans and the Packers? Yes. Uh, okay. And the three games that Montgomery has played well in were against the Texans, and then the the game against the Packers was actually a couple weeks ago. So I kind of messed up that setup, and it was probably confusing. But <laughs> they uh, the point being that the Titans are about to play like the two worst rushing two of the worst rushing defenses in the league and like I, I am terrified for people of what Derrick Henry is going to do against the Packers like I know that you're terrified of, like that game could be super high scoring um, especially if like th- the Packers are slowed at all in the beginning like I could see a scenario where the, the Titans get up big in the first half from Henry and then like Rodgers has to throw his way back in uh, and probably will and will probably beat them but uh, I do think he has a huge opportunity if they don't get behind by too much. Yeah, <clears throat> I would agree. I mean, he has a big opportunity. As long as they don't get behind by more than 10 points, he's like, yeah. every, he's like all the time. You just give him the ball. So yeah, if I'm Katie and I get to play the Lions this week and the Packers next week with Derrick Henry on my fantasy team, I'm very, very happy about that. So Yes, uh, also let's, let's mention that that... The NFL somehow nailed this one as being the Sunday night game. That is a, a great primetime game to give the Titans, I think. Wait. The Titans-Packers game is a Sunday oh, night Titans game. Oh, Titans-Packers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. In Lambeau. Yeah, yes. that's a great. 
<laughs> yeah, awesome a, game. I hope it's yeah. like, I hope there's a foot of snow on the ground. Gosh, before COVID, I was talking about trying to take a trip up to Lambeau to see that game. Oh, that would have been incredible. Um, yeah, that would have been awesome. There was, oh, I don't want it to slip away. There was one other like Derrick Henry like take or something I, I had there. It's gone. It's, it's slipping. Is he going to get 2,000 yards? Man, he, he sure might. He might. Oh, I know what it was. It actually wasn't Derrick Henry related, but thank you for saying that. So it's Colts Titans. So right now, the since we're tied and our head to head is tied as well, the tiebreaker, I don't know if you knew, knew this or not, is um, like divisional record. So because the freaking Colts lost to the Jags, yeah, and le- that- if the Titans don't lose again, then they're going to get the 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 spot. So I really need the Texans to somehow play spoiler in week 17. Uh, or like I, I could also see them losing to the Packers, of course, but the problem is the Colts have to play at the Steelers. So I'm thinking like both of those games could be losses. So mm. uh, you might, might have to become a Texas fan in week 17. Look, I know that, I know that you Colts fans are used to talking about like places in the playoffs and stuff, but I know better than that. I'll just be thankful if even in this new playoff format that the Titans win enough games down the stretch and make sure they get in. Like, Yeah. I've seen this fall apart too many times. Well, right now, it would be projected that the Titans would rematch the Browns uh, and the Colts would play the Bills. So I'd much rather play the Browns than the Bills. Yeah, I don't think I want to play either the Browns or the Bills. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's what I have on my docket here. Anything else you wanted to bring up tonight? No, uh, I will bring up that my order of people that I want to win this championship are as follows. I hmm. thought about this a lot, but it goes number one, Marley Magic. Yeah, just the story. And also, this is the classic, oh, the champion beat my team. <laughs> um, number two, the matriarchs. Mm. Um, especially because her team we decided at the beginning of the year was sold out. So yep. it would at least, it would be one of those things where it's like, oh, it went to plan. So now we just start thinking about the future. We got our championship. Three, God Kings. Because it's not Hunter Hawes. <laughs> it's Gotham Knights. Uh, That's fair. I, I need I need some pay some some commiserating on the podcast. I'll be let me tell you how sad I'll yeah, be on that. It morning. will be rough if I were to win and you you were stuck on this podcast with me. That would not be fun. God, I don't even know what I'd do. Oh, that's gonna be right yeah. around Christmas too, isn't it? It it the championship is is Christmas weekend. Golly, that's gonna be yeah. Well, at least I'll be feeling pretty good. I'll be happy yeah. and jolly. So, so here's where I'm at with that. So, obviously, I want to win. So, <laughs> outside of that as an option, uh, I want the winner of the other side to beat Brady. And it's not because I don't like Brady. I like his team a lot. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. Like, I think like a, a team like the God Kings wins the Super Bowl a lot. Like, it's like the second or third seed and you're like well yeah they were good but i don't i don't know i don't there was no narrative uh and so i think it would just be really exciting i thought about the same reasons for for katie like i was 
like I was down on really down on the long term and even a little bit on the current season uh, of her prospects. But like if she were to win and then be like, see, my plan worked, that'd be great. And then Marley Magic, of course, Cinderella story. Yeah. Well, and well, you, you say there's no narrative for the God Kings, but I want to throw a little narrative out there about this whole God Kings, Pit Kings relationship and the Keenan Allen deal right at the trade deadline that really, I think, helps lift the God Kings up. As, and us mere mortals down here can't see behind the curtain of Oz, but who knows what's going back there in those in those smoky rooms That's of the true. gods. Yeah. I think, oh, one thing too, I will say about Brady's team is, and uh, uh, stay tuned very, very soon, I promise. I'm going to drop in a way into the like sleeper chat for us to vote and nominate and vote on season ending awards because we need to talk about those pretty soon uh, on the show. So look, look out for that. But one award that I would personally like give to Brady's team is I think probably like, unless I win, best trades. Like he's just made some really good moves in my opinion throughout the season uh, for his team. Cause I did not have his team, you know, making the semis. Agreed. So props on that. All right. Well, we've, uh, we've rambled enough. I, I think that that does it for me. Thanks y'all. Thanks for listening for four more minutes after we said I had nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. See y'all next week. Brought to you by Magiano Productions. Jets, jets, jets.